You live in illusion, in the appearance of things. There is a reality, but you do not know this. When you understand this, you will see that you are nothing. And being nothing, you are everything. That is all. I lied. Last time I said I'd be speaking to you once a week. Turns out that I overpromised and underdelivered. I want you to know that it's not because I didn't want to speak to you or didn't have ideas for podcasts or anything like that, or did it out of any kind of laziness, but rather I did it from a place of wanting to sit more and speak less. I want the episodes that I make and share with you to be coming from a place of inspired thought, inspired ideas. I was actually talking to my friend Daniel the other day. I had him over. My, my mom bought us a fire pit for our housewarming gift. I know that's funny, right? Fire pit for housewarming gift. Him and I were talking about different things. He's a musician, same as me. We got on the topic of content creation. How sick of the whole idea of content creation we are needing to make something just to make something and put it out there. Remind people that you are a creator and that you're making things and just constantly put something out every day. In my case, put out an episode a week. While that might be the best thing for growing my numbers and reaching more people, for me, it's not the right thing when my aim and goal is to make episodes that are inspired and purposeful and speak from and to a place of truth in you from me and vice versa. So that's why I didn't keep my promise on the last episode saying I'd see you next week. Going forward, I would have you expect that I will be doing episodes. If you don't hear from me for a couple of weeks, a month, part of a year, just know that I'm continuing to practice. I'm sitting with my local meditation group here in Jacksonville or I'm on retreat or doing my job and incorporating mindfulness practice into my work. But you will hear from me again. Oh, and just because I forgot, this is the Imperfect Buddhist where we discuss Buddhism and incorporating mindfulness into modern life. My name is Matthew Mahoney, and today's episode is titled Buddhism and the Adventure of Dharma. My wife and I had a quiet Thanksgiving. We attempted to make a Irish-Scottish type of dish with potatoes, cabbage. We did kielbasa, chicken broth, and you're supposed to put it in a crock pot for six hours. I didn't look at the recipe until about an hour before we were supposed to eat, so... I decided to use our Instant Pot and do it in about 30 minutes. It tasted about the same as the intended goal. The consistency was more mushy, the cabbage cooked down, so it was more like mashed potatoes and kielbasa, but watery mashed potatoes. It's not as bad as I'm making it sound. We had a quiet Thanksgiving, and that was intended. We had just had a bunch of family here, you know, a lot of noise, a lot of interaction, and we were trying to cool down from all of that. We decided just to have a quiet Thanksgiving. It was intentional. It was nice. But the day after, Friday, Black Friday, we were starting to get a little bit stir crazy. We we're both feeling a little bit antsy. We didn't get out of the house. My wife, she has a symptoms from a condition called PMDD, premenstrual dysphoria disorder. She was going through that, starting to go through those processes and doing a really good job of communicating with me. Like, I'm angry, I'm angry at you, I'm angry at the world, but I don't know why. 
that is like so refreshing. I know that sounds weird to say refreshing when your wife is mad at you. It's refreshing that she's been practicing meditation with me in the mornings, zazen for about 12 minutes every morning. I just see this huge improvement in her awareness of herself and what's going on. Being able to take a step back and be like, yeah, I am angry. And my mind wants to say it's at you, but I can't identify why. That's a hard thing to do because there's so much ego, personality, and purpose wrapped up in our emotions. It's hard to recognize that chaotic energy for what it is, not buy into it so much. And so she like, okay, I just need to take a bath. I'm stepping away. I'm, just leave me alone. I'm not mad at you, but I'm upset. So she took a bath, came out. As you might notice, I have something going on with my throat. I'm getting over a cold. That's why I sound a little bit funny. She wanted to do some type of outdoor adventure. I was like, I don't think I can go for a hike right now or anything too much. We both wanted to be outside because it's Florida. It's chilly or it's a little bit cool, but it's sunny out and it's beautiful. Fall is a wonderful time to be in Jacksonville, Florida. So I was like, well, what if we go to the zoo? And it was three o'clock. I haven't been to the Jacksonville Zoo. We've heard a lot about it. We've kind of had our reservations just because of some of the business that goes on with zoos as far as like how they acquire animals, keep animals, how the animals, their experience in captivity. We've shied away from it. Also, Jacksonville Zoo didn't seem like it'd be that interesting. We decided to go as a new adventure. I'm really glad we went. It was a pretty awesome experience. I mean, being able to see these animals walking up to a rhino through the, the meditation and the sitting that I've been doing, I feel like I've been able to bring my consciousness more into contact with reality and not see things so much through the lens of labels. Walking up to this rhino, I was awestruck. This giant creature with a you know big horn on its you know face, its nose, its snout. It's armored muscle and fat and this thick skin, big old butt. <laughs> And just like seeing it for what it is rather than this label in my head of, oh, that's a rhino, and moving on. Each animal we went to had that experience and it was so nice. It brought up this sense of curiosity again inside, feeling like a little kid walking up to the elephant and seeing this giant creature, probably one of the biggest animals on earth other than like certain whales. It has this long thing attached to its face that it's its nose but it uses its nose to grab things and touch things. And it's, this elephant was walking along this little imitation pond. It was using its nose to touch the ground and search for things. It, it grabbed some straw and the straw had been trampled on and dirty. It took the straw and it dipped it in the water and then it wrapped its trunk and created a table with its trunk and then used the end of its trunk to kind of dab and like clean off the, the straw and then dipped it again and then ate it. It took this big, long attachment to its face, its trunk, and stuck it in the water. And then you just saw the side of its head indent as it was sucking up all this water. And it lifted its this long thing attached to its face. I keep saying that because I'm trying to help share this experience of coming into contact with this being and not being attached to the label of elephant. Just like, wow, how freaking awe-inspiring is this? And so it, it put its, its trunk in the water and it's pulling up the water and then it just puts this trunk in its mouth and starts pushing all this water into its mouth and it's drinking. Then to the other side of the zoo experience, we made our way past the Africa zone with the elephants and the rhinos and we got to a different section with primates and I'm not sure the exact type of monkey this was, but there was a monkey, medium size. I saw this monkey, he was slowly dragging his feet and looking around a little bit aimlessly, stopped in this big glass enclosure with all this artificial rope. He just looks around, there's just no purpose. 
Then he climbs up this rock wall and he grabs some straw from behind this rock wall, sets it down and lays down on it. He lays there for 45 seconds and then he sits back up. The same aimless, pointless look on his face. He looked up at the sky for a while and then he kind of stared off down at the rest of the enclosure. He looked up and he crawled up the wall and poked his head so that he could see up over the wall, past the enclosure, maybe to some of the other animals and then came back down. Then just made his way back over to some food that had been there. But I just got this sense of hopelessness or this pointlessness and felt very sad for this animal. We're driving home and we're both talking about this gray area that we were in because seeing these animals up close was such a gift. It was something that really inspired me. I know it's weird to say, right? A trip to the zoo, but it really did. It had this like impact on me. On the other side of that, you do realize the cost of keeping animals in a enclosure like this in a cage. To keep in mind though, some animals, some of these animals are rescues. Some of these are animals that couldn't live in the wild for whatever reason. I don't know the percentage of animals that are at zoos that are in that class. If that was the case, eventually they'd run out of animals and zoos would just close down. So there has to be some amount of capture, taming slash captivity that has to happen to keep zoos going. So we're driving home and I was telling my wife about this joke that I made while I was in the restroom. There was a janitor in the restroom and he was cleaning up. It was a pretty busy day. It was Black Friday at the zoo, which is interesting. A couple people left the restroom and for some reason this joke popped into my head. I was like, hey man, the longer you work here, do you realize that the humans are the real animals? And he just like let out this big belly laugh and he's like, you have no idea how true that is. He's like, today... I mean, I get it. It's busy. A woman needed to change her baby's diaper on this artificial rock wall. I was like, I get it. But then I couldn't believe it. She just left it there. She left this poopy diaper sitting on this wall when there's a trash can a few feet away. We're both like, oh man, that sucks. And you make a joke like that, but then you really hear how true it is. It created this parallel in my mind when I'm thinking about that monkey in that enclosed cage where everything is controlled. He knows he has food at a certain time. He knows that his environment's pretty predictable. It's not the greatest environment. He has these creatures that stand on the other side of this wall that just stare at him. He looks over and he sees these beings staring at him all the time. That has to be unsettling. The other things are predictable. Food and environment and schedule. The zoo closes at a certain time. There's also this sense of hopelessness. I was starting to think, I was like, well, how does that parallel us and like in our lives? Thinking about how a lot of our life lacks adventure, spontaneity, this creative free will aspect that is a part of us. Just like that monkey is feeling this lack of adventure, lack of life. He's looking around wondering, what the hell am I missing? What is the point of this? Think about yourself or think about people who have talked to you or what you hear on the news about all these anxious, depressed people. A lot of our depression and anxiety comes from the unnaturalness of our current society, not having community, not having a group of people that you spend time with regularly, that support you, that you support them, you have each other's back, you share certain beliefs, you share certain commonalities, things that bind you together as a group. We're missing adventure my wife, she woke up today, Matt, like I know it's ridiculous, but I just want to quit my job. Like I feel so anxious about going there. That really resonated with me because I have that same thing in the middle of Monday morning at 3 a.m. I wake up and you have that feeling inside like, oh God, here we go. Like I got to go do this. But what's curious, my wife loves her job. It's the perfect job for her. It's in alignment with what she went to school for, which is sustainability education, 
everything right down her alley. She's her own boss. She manages the store. And me, I don't have, I guess, quote unquote, the perfect job for me, but I really like my job. I work from home. I have great coworkers, an amazing manager, tons of PTO and benefits. Yet we both still have this feeling of anxiousness about work. I was thinking to myself, we're living in this artificial zoo that we've created, this artificial predictability where the human spirit seems to shrink a little bit when we aren't in contact with adventure, something that feels raw, new, somewhat unpredictable, something deeper than these constructs that we come in contact with all the time. This feeling came over me, this sensation of realizing like what's worked for me, what has been working for me. This realization that present moment awareness or the practice of Buddhism, along with that Zazen, which is seated meditation, coming into contact with our life, coming into contact with ourselves, with our experiences, stripping away the labels that we approach our life with, opens us up for adventure. It may not be adventure in the normal sense of the word, like going out and exploring some new place you've never been externally, but you begin to explore places you've never been internally and in your environment. So going to my job, my desk job at the computer in my office space, it's not clicking on the computer and looking at a screen and sighing every time I get a chat or a phone call. It's being in that experience, being in my body and with my breath, something new opens up a new dimension to that experience that feels to me like an adventure. It's challenging because you start to come in contact with the things that you've been avoiding, the things that you've been putting off, the things that scare you. You also come into contact with inspiration, with freshness. There's a freshness you begin to experience, a stillness, truth, wisdom. This comes through the practice of zazen, carrying this awareness of zazen that's cultivated in meditation into your day. Tying this all together, going to the zoo and having this fresh experience where I'm seeing a lion come out of the back of this enclosure and start roaring this deep guttural roar, seeing the sun hit its mane and its fur, experiencing this being for the what felt like the first time instead of through a label. Through these practices, we begin to experience life again. We become inspired. New ideas come to us, new ways of being and new choices that we can make during our day and our life seems somewhat counterintuitive to say that adventure could come into your life by sitting still for at least 12 minutes every morning, intentionally focusing your mind into the present moment onto your breath, continually bringing your mindfulness back to the sensation of breathing. How could that open up new adventure in your life, new experiences? I would liken it to practicing zazen as to cleaning off a window the window that you use to look into your experience. When we're not mindful, when we're running around and chaotic and caught up in family things and holidays and eating too much and drinking too much and not sleeping enough, watching too much TV, our window into experience becomes clouded, moldy, and musty. It becomes hard to look through it. It becomes hard to perceive what's in front of us in a clear and fresh way. So zazen practice, simply sitting and becoming aware, cleans that window into experience and allows us to be with what is in a more clear, fresh way. How do I practice zazen, you might be asking. You want to find a space that is as quiet and uninterrupted as possible. It doesn't mean it has to be the quietest place in the world. There may be cars outside or maybe distractions, but just your best. Find your best space that you can. Create a area for yourself to sit. If possible, find a wool blanket or 
some type of blanket that you don't mind having on the floor, fold it into fours so that it can fit you sitting cross-legged on. Put that in a space near a wall. Find a pillow or a cushion, set the cushion on the mat. If you do have a lot going on in your environment with your husband or your wife or your parents, you can let them know, hey, I'm gonna go be quiet for a little bit. Close the door, maybe open a window if it's nice outside, you hear the birds. So you're gonna sit down facing a wall. This is a traditional in Soto Zen Buddhism. You'll have the cushion underneath your butt, but not to the point where it's like feeling like you're sitting in a chair. You want it to slightly raise your butt so that your legs can nice and flat on the cushion, but your back isn't hurting. You're gonna root down from your buttocks. You wanna point your head up towards the roof. Your eyes, your gaze looking down towards the floor. Eyes slightly open, not closed, not beaming wide, but just open, looking down at the floor. The back of your head is reaching towards the roof. I've heard it explained as act as if you're pushing up and holding up the roof with the back of your head. You don't want to strain your back or your neck, but putting some intention behind that upward press with the head adds some straightness to the back and intention in the sitting. Roll your shoulders back and down, releasing any tension in the shoulders. Place your palms face up, right hand held by the left hand with your thumbs touching and become aware of your breath. You wanna set a timer for 12 minutes and see how long you can sit with and be aware of the sensation of your breathing for that 12 minutes. If your mind wanders onto something you have to do for the day or, or, or did do for the day or forgot to do or starts planning, simply bring it back to the sensation of breathing. I really enjoyed doing this episode and sharing it with you today. I apologize for the inconsistency of my episode creation. I want you to know that it's coming from a good intention, which is to sit more and speak less and make episodes that are inspired and have more value so that when I share them, it adds more value to your life rather than just putting out a bunch of noise. We have enough of that these days. Thanks for spending your time with me today. And I look forward to speaking with you again soon.